Welcome to the Solution Focus School's Unlimited Podcast Series. My name is Linda Metcalf, and I'm the author of Counseling Towards Solutions, the first book published in 1995 that took the solution-focused approach into the classroom for students kindergarten through 12th grade. Now, in its third edition, you can purchase that book on Amazon.com. The title of this podcast is Getting Relief from Grief and Loss. To do this podcast, I'm going to draw on one of my favorite articles ever. The title of the article is Saying Hello Again, The Incorporation of the Lost Relationship and the Resolution of Grief, written by Michael White, a friend who passed away about 10 years ago. He founded the Dulwich Center in Adelaide, Australia, and wrote this article in 1988. As we go through this podcast, you'll hear me referencing many questions that are just beautiful that Michael constructed as he noticed people going through situations of grief and loss who got very stuck in the grieving process because they decided that they needed to say goodbye to the person that they had lost. Michael realized suddenly one day as he worked with a client that perhaps she had said goodbye to too well. What if she said hello again? So this podcast is going to take you to a whole new way of thinking about helping students, teachers, adults, even maybe yourself with the grieving process so that you can invite the person who has been lost to still have a place in life. To start off this podcast, I'd like to take you to a movie that came out several years ago featuring Johnny Depp as J.M. Barry. If you recall, he had written the marvelous book, Peter Pan. After he developed a relationship with the widowed Sylvia in the movie and her four sons, it shows how he was inspired to write a play about a group of children who don't want to grow up. Obviously, the work proved to be a hit. Many of us have watched Peter Pan as a movie and and read it as a book. One part of the movie that stood out to me when I watched it for the first time was a scene where Barry walks over to Peter, Sylvia's son, who is very, very upset that his mom has just passed away. Barry talks to Peter for a few minutes, and Peter keeps saying, why did she have to die? Why? And Barry says, I don't know, boy, I don't know. But all I do know is I remember your mom and the way she used to look at you and the way she loved to watch you play and the way she loved to watch you and your brothers run around the room. And that makes me happy. And Peter said, but still, why did she have to die? And then Barry looked over at Peter and said, she went to Neverland and you can visit her anytime. And Peter looks back and says, how? And Barry said, it's all in your mind. It's the way that you believe. If you believe there's a Neverland, you can see her there. Now, yes, this is a fairy tale. And yes, this is not real, that there's really not a Neverland in a sense. But for many people who lose important people in their life 
and feel like they have to say goodbye, it's very, very painful. The memories are there, the good times are there, the sad times are there. What Michael White talks about in this article, saying hello again, is that instead of saying goodbye to those that we lose, what if we said hello to their influence on our lives? Just for a minute, think of someone in your life that maybe you have lost. Um, And if there's not a person, maybe even think of a pet. And what that person did for you, what that pet did for you, all the meanings around that relationship that make you pause when you think of them and sometimes maybe make you feel sad. What if, just for the rest of the day after you finish listening to this podcast, you thought about some things you did with that person and you think about some of the things that person loved watching you do and you made a little bit of a mental list and just for the rest of the day, You did one or two of those things, like you did before, keeping in mind, possibly, that doing that honors that person, honors that pet. And see what difference it makes for you, just for the rest of the day. I'd invite you to try that after this podcast, and see the difference it can make to what what Michael White says, What difference it makes to incorporate the life of that person and the influence of that person into your life and keep them there. That way, you don't have to say goodbye. You say hello again to them, only in a different mindset. Next in this podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you some questions that you might kind of have at your fingertips to talk to clients, students, teachers, parents, either virtually or in person when things get back face to face. These questions were heavily influenced by the work of Michael White in the article saying hello again. So I want to make sure I give that credit. He deserves so much praise for the work he did regarding grief and loss. And honestly, today, it is the only way that I work whenever I am presented with a client dealing with sadness because of grief and loss. So here are some questions and steps to take. First thing, when someone comes in and they've had a a loss in their life, and uh, even virtually during this time of the COVID-19 situation, we always want to listen and not assume that they need to talk about or process grief in a certain way. It's very important. That's where the solution-focused approach comes in heavily, in that, again, the client, the student, the parent, the teacher are the experts. And if they don't want to process or talk about grief in a certain way, then I encourage you strongly not to push it. Instead, ask them, what can we talk about that would be helpful to you today? Let's suppose that the person is grieving and very sad about a loss. A question asking them what they'd like to talk about may result in an answer such as, well, I just need to know 
what to do because I just, I'm just so sad. When that happens, jump into the worldview with them and begin by asking them to tell you about the person that has passed away. Who was that person to you? What did that person love to do? What are some things you love remembering about that person? Those kind of introductory questions will probably make the person you're talking to sit up a little bit, smile a little bit, and then tell you some things about them. Be curious. Be fascinated about the person that they've lost and they love so much. Then ask or say, tell me about that person. And what did he love watching you do? If we look through his eyes, his loving eyes, and he would describe the things he loved watching you do, what would those things be? You probably notice the person again, sit up and smile and say, oh, well, he loved watching me do funny tricks on my bicycle. I could do it for hours and he'd sit there and just laugh. And other things he liked watching me do was he liked watching me do my homework because he saw he always thought I could do it so quickly. And then he would look at it and he'd say, you did a good job on this and you did a good job on that. And that would always make me feel really smart. The next question, how did he know those things about you? How did he know that you were good on your bicycle? How did you, what was it that you did? Answer might be, well, he knew that I practiced really hard to get those tricks going. He knew that I studied a lot, that I paid attention to my teacher and the teacher would send notes home and he'd be really happy when he read the notes. What is it about you that told him who you were, that you were smart? Oh, I guess because I I wasn't just smart in school. I was pretty good at Boy Scouts, and I always helped my sister with her math homework because I was pretty good at it. And I helped my mom, and um, I, I helped her feed the dog and take care of the dog. And what else was it about you that he he knew just from knowing you? And here's another question. What can you see in yourself that he saw so well as we talk? What are you, what are you brought back to? What are, you, what are you realizing about yourself as who you are as a person from what we're talking about today? What are you learning again about yourself? What does that question do? Think about it for a minute. That question brings to life some things that a person that this person loved saw in them and maybe they can begin to see those things in themselves again when that happens with a person who's grieving it gives them a way of thinking about leading their life a little differently with those assets in mind that this person obviously saw in them and it's almost as if they're keeping the influence of that person alive in their heart And then lastly, what difference would it make to you and people around you if you carried these thoughts with you just for the rest of the day? Just for the rest of the day. I wonder what you might do so that maybe somewhere, wherever your person that you've just described to me is, 
let's pretend they're watching over you. What would they notice you doing that would please them? Interesting questions, right? Kind questions, respectful questions. It's how to incorporate the person who is lost into the present. Before we end this podcast, I'd like to share another way that these ideas that I've gone over during this podcast can be used with students at school, whether virtual right now or in the future face-to-face, when a classmate passes away. One morning, when I was a high school counselor, a young girl, age 15, passed away one morning with bulimia. She had a heart attack. When the students at our school found out about her passing, they became very, very upset. And we announced on the intercom, if students needed to talk, we had counselors ready to talk to them in a certain room down by our counseling office. Sure enough, about 10 minutes later, about 20 students came down, very upset, crying, hugging each other, trembling, They sat in the room when when I walked in and my colleague walked in and we saw how upset they were and we sat down in chairs to where we could be not above them but same level and I asked them to tell me who she was because I didn't know her very well and I'd love to know what they knew about her and what they loved about her. Pretty soon, the smiles started happening, even though they still continued to cry. And I heard stories about sleepovers, and I heard stories about their time at Six Flags, and I heard times when she was on the drill team and she did goofy things, and more and more and more things came out. And there was laughing, there was teasing, there, was, there were tears, but the tears were slowing down and the laughter and the memories were taking over. And so we talked on and on for about an hour or so, and at the end of the time, I asked them to think about how they would like to keep her close. Maybe not physically, but close. How could they honor her and keep her close? And they did as so many kids will do, and so many kids that I've learned will do. They came up with amazing ideas, and. Um, It's taught me over the years that whenever I'm wondering what kids need to do to honor a teacher or a student, always ask them because their solutions and their ideas are always better than I could ever come up with. So this group of, of, of students came up with the idea that they would get a long piece of butcher paper from the art class, about 50 feet long, they said, put it on the stage with lots and lots and lots of markers and announce on the intercom for people to come down and write notes to Amanda about the things that they loved about her and to tell her goodbye and tell everyone a little bit about her. And they did that. We had a stage in the cafeteria that they laid the butcher paper on. And for the next few days, the page was just covered 
with notes and pictures and hearts and all kinds of things. It was very, very touching to watch the students do that. And at the end, they called the parents of Amanda, asked them to come to school, and they presented the paper to them. And the parents were very touched. They also decided to put a plaque in a hallway where they used to talk with her a lot to keep a remembrance of her close to them. At the end of this situation, what I began to realize more and more was the more that we can help our students deal with grief and loss by helping them see that they don't always have to say a permanent goodbye to someone. I began to see students brighten and deal with grief in a way that was much more comforting. Instead of going through the process of grief or telling them the stages of grief, I noticed that they seemed to have a better feeling about their life and they will go about their life keeping that person in their heart. And when you think about it, that's where people should be anyway. I hope you have an exceptional day today and I hope that you process this kind of wording and thinking in your own life with someone you have lost so that you can too incorporate them into your life now. Thank you.